You're tuned in to the Tokyo Living Podcast, where we help you live a healthy and enjoyable life in one of the most amazing cities in the world. Sebastian Cheskon is a Tokyo-based nutritionist and strength coach. On this episode, Sam and Baz discuss the common reasons people may see weight increase while living in Japan and some simple strategies to help. Tokyo Living is proudly brought to you by Club 360, changing lives through health and fitness. Sebastian Cheskon, welcome to the Tokyo Living Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate your time here today. Um, perhaps you can just start by giving the listeners and viewers a bit of background on yourself. Okay, as you said, my name is Sebastian Cheskon, and I worked, I'm still working at 360, Club 360, and right now I'm currently in charge of the nutrition or mainly doing the nutrition there, sometimes helping a little bit here and there. And working in Tokyo now for 10 years with clients. I started with just average clients, business guys, housewives, and currently I'm working more and more together with athletes, combat athletes, MMA, and pro wrestling. That's probably where no more main work. And, and where about the punk women? Yeah. And where about you from? Um, you can't tell. <laughs> It's from Germany, but one time I had a 360 client who said, ah, get your accent. I'm like, oh yeah, which one? South Africa, isn't it? Nailed it. So we grew up in South Africa. And what part of Germany uh, did you grow up in? Uh, Munich. But my family moved back and forth from Italy to Germany. So I grew up pretty much in both countries. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, you sort of mentioned the, the athletic background or, or you working with athletes, but you have an athletic background yourself, both in mixed martial arts and then later on in, uh, in powerlifting. And uh, I believe the MMA is sort of what originally brought you to Japan. That's correct. I started actually with amateur wrestling when I was six or seven years old. Mm. My parents just wanted to get me into anything, just move a little bit and started there. Almost did it for, it was like 14, 15 So a lot of grappling rather, back then grappling was not popular whatsoever. Yeah. It really kind of niche almost. And then just because a couple of, I watched a couple of movies and I started to really get into Muay Thai. Mm. This looks awesome and I haven't done any striking. And started with Muay Thai yeah, when I was 15, 16. Did a little bit of kickboxing and I had some really kind of strict coaches creation coaches and really just focused on the basics mm. with a lot of footwork and I wasn't allowed to punch for at least two or three months. Wow. Um, footwork, you're not standing right move. And those guys used to work together with, you're familiar with Crow Club, yeah, yeah. So they used to work together and really same mentality and yeah, it was good, good experience learning. And yeah. Yeah. This, yeah, transitioned into MMA and eventually ended up in And uh, I guess, w what stage did you sort of start uh, incorporating strength training into your martial arts training and, and how uh, did that develop and sort of influence your um, your transition into working as a strength coach and a personal trainer? Uh, actually, really, really late. I mm -hmm. some for the nutrition part, it wasn't until like 24, maybe I would say. Mm. So all my former coaches, they had no idea whatsoever. Yeah, immediately try this, try this, and hey, we cut out all this, and it didn't really work most times for me. For example, I remember one coach 
said like, yeah, no more bread or no more white bread before the fight. And I don't even like bread. I'm half German, but yeah, it's zero interest in bread. But suddenly it was like, it's just a mental thing. And really want to eat some bread now. It was like really, really weird and humans are wired with. And yeah, for, there was no real reason behind many things. It was just, yeah, it was always done like this. Let's do it like that. But the same goes for strength and conditioning. I think there was no, nothing really involved. Yeah. Back then it was just, yeah, we tried to make it a little bit stronger. It was mainly kind of bodybuilding focus. And yeah, we also need some curls for this and we need bench press and it was a lat pull down. That's about it. Pretty primitive, huh? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, we can you know, talk, talk uh, for a, a long time about uh, your strength and conditioning and uh, you can certainly go off uh, on, a, on a tangent there. Um, and uh, yeah, in the future, maybe love to hear your sort of approach to working, especially with the pro wrestlers, because I think that's a really uh, interesting um, demographic to, uh, to apply this as sports yeah. science uh, pre- uh, principles too. Uh, however, today we've got you on to talk a little bit more on the nutrition side for General Pop. And uh, it's one thing that uh, I've wanted to sort of get you on to discuss for a little while. Um, I think a lot of people, when they... Uh, um, move to Japan, um, I guess they have this stigma of Japanese food or Asian food in, in general, especially Japanese food being particularly healthy. And they think they're going to move to Japan and start uh, losing weight or at least being healthier. Um, they see some pictures of relatively small portion sizes, you know, the rice, the fish, little veggie um, dishes. It, it all looks very healthy. Um, you know, a lot of people after being here for a year, year and a half, they sort of come to this realization that it's not so healthy and they, uh, they do actually start to put on weight. Um, and a lot of people will find that, um, and there's probably a lot of elements that contribute to that, you know, whether it is just sort of the, the, the diet here, um, some of the, the ease of, um, of, of food consumption, but also, um, the sort of eating out and drinking culture that comes along with working in Japan. Mm. Um, but I'd, yeah, I'd like to get your thoughts on um, why a lot of people experience this and maybe go through a couple of strategies that people could implement to try and uh, limit this happening. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned already a couple of good things and see it quite often with clients, especially 360. We got this quite often where we have experts coming over and have this assumption yeah, in Japan, I will lose weight, everything is a lot smaller. And traditionally, the Japanese diet is a lot healthier, a lot more balanced, at least compared to the European, and probably also American. And even if you look at the national kind of guidelines, each country has their national guidelines. Germany has their own, American has their own. The Japanese look really, really good. So you have this little, you remember those food pyramids they use? Period, yeah. And like really balanced with the soup, don't eat too much to even have to enjoy your food. And if people would follow that, I think they would lose a lot of weight. The problem nowadays is like even in Japan, it's not so much kind of the traditional diet anymore for most people, but a lot more junk food, a lot more other factors contribute to it. As you mentioned, the drinking culture. Mm. So for most people who come over, I think. I think activity levels will be a big one sometimes. Mm-hmm. Again, this depends from where they are originally from. In America, I think you need a car generally. Yeah, exactly. American clients tend to move a lot more almost in Japan. Mm. America is a lot more, everything is just so spaced out. Yes. The distance is immense. And especially in Tokyo, you can reach everything by train, public transportation, bike within 
say one hour you can go across Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, then other clients though have a harder time, rather use taxi or they're already close to the company and yeah, they move a lot less. And we get this quite often with say, I used to go everywhere, moved a lot, but right now waking up, go to the office, go back. And that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the big ones. Food wise, I think there are many, for example, packaging, packaging. Yes. Yeah. I had one client and she was like, oh man, I got this. I found this snack and the snack only contains like 60 calories. And that helps me a lot. I have like the snack and I'm feeling good after. And then he told me it was like some cheesecake rolls. I was like already getting suspicious, like 60 calories. It's not a lot. In package, that seems pretty good. I was like, yeah, just bring me the package. And we actually checked the package together. It was like for one piece, rather. It was like six calories for a piece. But since he couldn't read Japanese, it was like the Iko. Yeah. Until that. So he saw that's the whole package. So. Yeah, there are many traps like this where people assume, hey, it only contains a lot less calories, but actually it's a lot more people expect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, same with portion size goes to... Again, you get often rather junk food, let's say yakisoba or ramen, even those are traditionally Japanese, but it used to be a lot of more smaller portion sizes. And even if you go to ramen, a place you consume at least, let's say 900 calories on the low side. Yeah. And right. Of ramen could be up to 1,400, 1,500 calories, which would be for a smaller person. That's almost the whole day of calories in one go. So I think that's a pretty big problem. Apart from that, you also get the problem often that people don't know where to get certain foods. Yeah, but go to the supermarket and they have no idea about the products they're used to. Where can I get this? Where can I get this? Let's say dairy products is a tough one usually, or like even things, some people love the whole grain kind of stuff and this pretty tough to get in Japan. Fast, yeah. But just getting certain products is a lot tougher for most people. Yeah. And um, just for someone who, who might be thinking like a bowl of ramen, um, where did the calories come uh, within that? Is it um, the actual content of the uh, the carbohydrate in the noodles itself or <laughs> is it a lot of the, the soup and the sauce that's sort of built into it? Um, where is the, the majority of the calories there? As I said, probably it's rather the sauce and the soup in mm. fat. Again, with fat, you, there's no bad stuff about fat. You still need fat and mm. always tell people, hey, still don't be afraid of fat, still consume fat. Probably with fat or with oils is usually you have almost double the calories compared to carbohydrates or protein. Just calories with fat, you have almost nine calories. So a little bit over the double. What ends up is it's really easy to underestimate the calories. You have little, let's say a little bit of olive oil. If people sprinkle their olive oil on top of the salad and ah, hey, how many calories? It's usually a lot more than they'd expect. Yeah. You get like 200 calories, which would be, I don't know, a smaller plate of rice almost, which fills you up a lot more probably than the oil. For sure. The thing with ramen, the noodles, this would be probably 300 calories. Right. Most things, but yeah, it's just the soup, the bigger soup and the quite fatty soup. Usually that tends to be probably rather the issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, a couple of other things that sort of spread to mind. Uh, people will come here and um, I think some of the sweetened beverages that uh, you get from, especially from um, the vending machines, uh, which are on you know, every corner, they're, they're everywhere. And I think, uh, again, people who don't sort of read Japanese, they might just assume that it's all um, magic Asian herbal juice. Uh, <laughs> but a lot of it is sort of sweetened teas and, and they can actually, you know, have a quite a high sugar content. Um, and I think that's a sort of trap that people might fall into that they're probably mm. not so prevalent in the West. Um, I think that uh, the um, the conveni, um because... Obviously, convenience stores are all over the world, but they, they, they are literally everywhere in Japan. Yeah. And I think that, again, you can go into the, the convenience and look at um, meals that might look relatively nutritious and healthy, but um, they can be quite um, calorie dense, but also quite poorly um, produced in terms of um, yeah, their the production value. And, and sometimes you don't know how long they've been sitting there. Yeah. So um, I think that's another thing that people come into. Um the snacking, I mean, what do you think about people's snacking habits in Japan compared to overseas? Do you think it's any different at all? I think snapping habits, there's still, I think usually people who snack, they tend to snack already. Like, yeah. I think, yeah, that's, doesn't, I think one problem rather, at least you don't have this in Europe, but not sure with the States is the food availability. Because as you mentioned, with the convenience being at every corner and being open 24 hours, you can pretty much get any time. Anywhere, everywhere, snack yeah. or food in the first place. I think that might also contribute. Let's say, for example, in Germany, if you would go home at eight, nine o'clock, almost all stores are already closed. There's no way. Can still go out, get some ice cream or get something. And here in Japan, it's right. Okay, people finish their work at nine, ten. Maybe already quite stressed on their way home, pass by the convenience. Hey, what can I get? And Especially yeah. when you're already hungry, it's kind of like sending exactly. a small kid to a candy store with $100 and tell them, hey, only get one candy. It's like when you're hungry, you're like just yep. this, 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 this. And that's when people tend to overeat. And then obviously um, sort of the, the drinking culture out here, I think um, makes a, a massive difference as well. So people that, uh, yeah, uh, have to go out uh either as part formally as part of their job um, or informally just um, yeah, being drawn into the normal um, process of going out and, and drinking with colleagues um, and I guess feeling, yeah, obviously yeah, there's people that, that really enjoy that and, and enjoy that part of the Japanese lifestyle, but there's others that just feel obliged to do it. Um, and then you you get in that environment, you you feel obliged to you know, have like one more drink, one more drink, and uh, and then yeah, obviously that all adds up as well. And not only the, the caloric uh, impact of alcohol, but you know the effect that it has on um, other th things, you know, sleep and just general health as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. Club 360 is Tokyo's premier health, fitness, and rehabilitation center offering physiotherapy, personal training, group fitness classes, boxing, sports massage, pilates, and nutrition consultations. With two full-time locations in Mota Azabu and Higashi Azabu, as well as satellite physiotherapy practices in Shibukoen and Yokohama, Club360 boasts a team of high-level practitioners from all over the world, ready to take care of all your injury and fitness needs and guide you on a path towards a healthy and happier life. Come visit us at club360.jp or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. So I guess if you were to go through some of those uh, things that you've pointed out, 
what are some strategies that people might want to think about? Some uh, some basic sort of tips and tricks that people can do to try and start cutting down on that. If you, since you've already mentioned it, alcohol whenever again, it's a lot of peer pressure, obviously, and certain certain times some people can't avoid those kind of situations. I need to go out, and my company almost you have to morning high and all those gatherings where you drink together and. Let's say if weight loss is the goal, again, we can't have everything. We can't have a goal drunk like five times a week and I want to lose a whole lot of weight. It will be conflicting. So something needs to go a little bit. If someone knows, hey, I'm going drinking tonight, and usually they know already a little bit in advance. A couple of things people could do. Again, the easiest way obviously would be this will 90 times. 90% of the times never work. It's just, hey, drink moderately and be careful. Rarely works. So I'd rather have certain strategies already in place before. One would be just, hey, bring breakfast during lunch. Go a little bit easy on the calories, maybe, and make a little bit of a buffer. Usually I don't like to use this quite often, but at least for those events, you yeah. know, let's say, hey, have a healthy, I don't know, something really boring, nutritious, hey, have a chicken salad or have some two eggs, whatever for lunch and then during dinner, hey, you can go a little bit easier to the party or gathering. Another one would be with alcohol. Again, alcohol still contains some calories and once it comes to beer, mixed drinks, cocktails, wine, you add a lot more from sugar on top of it. Yeah. So I would rather recommend to people. Hey, drink rather, uh, you can drink straight stuff. Let's say straight stuff mixed, mixed with, what it would be sparkling water, something like this would be whiskey sour, soda yeah. sour, those kind of things. Uh, the opposite effect even would be you add a lot of water, so mitigate the next day, all those effects, hey, I have headaches. Many of those things just come from dehydration in the first place. And consuming a lot of water together with the alcohol, a little bit more with the straight stuff, that helps at least reducing a little bit the calories and not feeling completely bad the next day. Yeah. Another strategy, and again, this rarely works, is hey, if you have a lot of alcohol, try not to have a lot of food together with it. Mm. I mean, it only works until the first two, three drinks, and then after a while, they like start to forget any rules and they just go crazy. Mm. And at least also, at least during that time, reducing a little bit the dietary fat during the food with the food together. Yes. Again, rather focusing on leaner cuts of meat, maybe, or carbohydrates instead of the kind of fattier stuff. That helps at least with the alcohol, with the weight gain a lot. Yep. Um, this would be for the alcohol. Another one would be even in convenience stores, usually you can find certain items. And usually for the 360 clients, I give them always. I made this sheet already before. It's like, if you go to 7-Eleven or Waterbox place, you always find those certain items, maybe different package, but you find this in almost every convenience store, which would be, you always find a piece of fruit in every convenience store. Mm. You can always find edamame, you always can find another one. You have the soy sauce, boiled eggs, you have, you can find actually pretty decent food. They already got the pre-cooked chicken, a vegetarian, they have some tofu sticks, which are not too bad, and frozen vegetable, 
frozen berries it helps almost everything if people look for it and if people know those things exist so just mm -hmm. be familiar with those things that might help a lot yep um another thing with just getting familiar with the local food that helps a lot and yep certain stores like the kind of wholesale bigger stores which would be Anamasa, I think, will be one yep. of them, Gyom Super. The good part with those stores is you can even find some foreign products. Let's say one of my clients always had the problem with oatmeal. Oh man, oatmeal is really expensive here. If you go to those stores, you can find a kilo of oatmeal for 300 yen. Mm -hmm. Or other foreign products, you can find foreign sauces, spices, whatever. So just getting familiar with those kind of stores. That might already help a lot. Are you in need of a good massage? Club 360 boasts a team of experienced massage therapists specialized in sports, Swedish, deep tissue, prenatal and postpartum massage techniques and are able to tailor treatment to your specific needs. Mention Tokyo Living to receive 30% off your first massage for first-time users. Contact info at club360.jp for more details. Um, if people are eating out and they are sort of eating more a uh, traditional Japanese, uh, traditional Japanese ramen, it's Chinese, but okay. So let's say that they're eating ramen. Do you think that they could cut a lot of the calories by, um, you know, not sort of sipping on the, the, the juice and the sauce after they finish the noodle? Is that? Yeah, that might be a really big one. Just sometimes ordering, sometimes you can already tell me. If you put a lot of, I don't know, with yakisoba, if you put a lot of extra mayo on top, hey, maybe you add another two, 300 calories, mm. could tip you just over the scale for the weight gain. Yeah, for sure. Knowing those things. And again, most restaurants, they serve actually pretty decent low calorie food. If you look out for it, like for example, isakayas, you always can find, which would be yakitori. They always give you the cabbage for free with the little miso salt to dip it. They always have options. So for me, whenever people go to a restaurant, they give them two options. Option number one would be just do some research about the restaurant. You can check the website. You already can see, hey, they have this, 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 this. Sometimes they recently, they even write calories on. Even if they're prevalent, yeah. Yeah, even if they are not precise, at least it's a guess. That would be option number one. Option number two, and this seems again more realistic, is letting people at least take a guess. For me, if I tell them, hey, a regular plate, any lunch place, dinner, if you have one plate and you're not abusing the rule and just load up the plates like vertically and make just a towel of food, a plate usually doesn't contain more than, let's say, 800 calories. That's probably the max for most regular. Obviously, when you go for the ramen bowl or some really super high fatty fried stuff, it goes out of the window. But let's say a regular meal, pasta, meat, Fried rice, whatever's roughly around 80, 800 calories. And let's say it doesn't contain more than 40 grams. Yeah. mix. So at least, you know, hey, if I have this one plate, I don't have any drinks. I don't have any crazy sauces, toppings. That's 800 calories. It might be less. It might be a little bit more, but it's usually around that. And then at least, you know, hey, if it's 800 calories, I have two more meals. I try to be within, I don't know, 2,000 calories. Okay, there would be 600 calories for the next two meals. And that's absolutely fine. But the one meal out doesn't throw them out of the night. Sure. Having, yeah, just taking, I guess, basically would be the best option. Yeah. 
Um, anything that I guess with people that are maybe eating more uh, in Western style restaurants out in Japan, are the things that, that should we be careful of there? Again, I think the portion size, at least compared to the States, is a lot smaller, which is true. So even with the rest, Western restaurants, because what would be a Western restaurant? The Italian places usually get a lot smaller portion sizes compared to Italy. And the family restaurants, they always have some good options. They have the hamburger steak, they have some yeah. different salads. So I don't think they're much different compared to the Japanese one, at least. We still can get pretty decent food. Yeah. You do the research before. Yeah. And then you even got some certain restaurants which really focus these days on healthier eating. Get the... Actually, that might be a little bit of a trick question because sometimes you have the salad bars which get really popular. I'm not sure if they're still popular. Last time I was yeah. still cooking regular 360, the crispy salads. Yeah. Those places got really popular. Again, even a salad can be unhealthy or can be overburdened with calories, depends what you add on top or how much sauce you put on top, how much, I don't know, with the crouton, could be some cheese, could be avocado, nuts, and suddenly you have like basically a bone of ramen, calorie-wise. Yeah. So you have more nutrients inside, but still, if you're going as weight loss, nutrients, you still want to cover the nutrients, obviously, but still, you want to also lose the weight. Yeah. I think salads can be a big trap for people, yeah. especially at those sort of places where, yeah, you can, you can still pile on the calories in the salad for sure. Yeah. One good option would be these days, certain restaurants, they really focus on the diet part, which would be the Hiniko Shokudo, for example. Okay. Yep. And they even write down, hey, this meal is diet, the diet meal, the gaining meal, and they sort those in different things. Again, one will be just less calories, one will be a little bit more calories. But yeah, they write the calories down. They have pretty decent food, quite healthy food for most parts. Another thing which gets really popular, I think 360 does some collaboration also with it, would be the food delivery services. Yeah, but yeah. Up a lot, I think, in the last... Like they started actually pre-corona. I got more aware of different services and just recently, I think, it's getting more and more. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, Club 360 actually is about to uh, announce a partnership with uh, Easy Meals in uh, Japan, who um, yeah. founded Josh Nichols, who's an Australian chef. He was on the show um, a few months back. And uh, yeah, we're, we're hoping to launch that. We're just trying to work out a few logistical things with the website. But um, yeah, we're looking at getting that up and running uh, in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, we're excited about that. And I think that's a really good option. Um, <laughs> well, it's... Uh, um, yeah, working out ways in which to um, reduce the caloric content in these foods, but still make them, yeah, actually really delicious, delicious and, um, and nutritious as well. Uh, mm. So that's why just having those options and just having maybe someone who's taking, who's doing their calculations already for you can be quite helpful for many people already got some stressful job and can't be bothered with, Hey, what would be low calories? What would be kind of healthy? Yeah. yeah. Having someone. Yeah. Club 360 are proud to announce the launch of our online corporate ergonomics and wellness program. This program is delivered in bite-sized chunks of one to five minute video clips every day for 12 weeks and covers topics such as pain, injury prevention, desk setup, productivity, all-cause mortality, as well as a guide to 20 easy-to-implement desk-based exercises to keep you active throughout the workday. We also have an optional test and certification available. Contact info at club360.jp for more details.
That's great. Um, any uh, any other uh, tips that uh, you can offer people? Um, I mean, we can maybe get you back on to talk about more sort of meal prep and things at home because I think that's maybe not so specific to Japan. But any other sort of Japan-related uh, eating things that that, uh, that you see you know, people having issues with? Uh, not really issues, but I always try to tell people, hey, when you go to a country, even if you can't get your the foods from your country, you still can get the local foods and each country has local foods tend to be quite. For example, with Japan, again, you have a lot of fish. If you don't want fish, you have probably one of the freshest fish out there compared to Europe, it's miles apart. Mm. You have a lot more different plant-based foods to try. Especially in Japan, you have the nasi, the eggplants are completely different from Europe. And you have a lot better daikon, those kind of things. Yeah. Just getting familiar with those things, adding a lot more of those. You have many... Again, tofu-related products, you know, just regular tofu, what do you have soft, what do you have natto, if people don't buy natto, you have different things made from tofu and all really delicious and tasty, quite filling. So just getting more familiar with the local kitchen mm. and stirring a little bit away from the kind of junk food, again, yakisoba, really, really fatty, maybe yakiniku, ramen. Just going more into the kind of really traditional stuff, which would be the typical teishoku, which you can you have some fish or meat-based or even plant-based. You have some soup, a little bit of rice, a little bit of the skimona, the piglings. Yep. I think the setup is pretty good. And usually all those teishoku places tend to be the better options. Fantastic. No, I think it's a, it's a great way to wrap up. Um, for people who um, want some more of this information, um, like you said, you are available at uh, Club360 for nutrition consultations. Uh, we'll put the, the link to that uh, in the show notes. Um, uh, where else can people find you? Are you um, uh, on social media? Are you um, fairly active in that sort of space as well? Social media, mainly these days, I would probably use Instagram. Yep. Us, just to BDS. C-E-S-C-O-N. Yep. Side that, yeah, over 360 is going to reach me these days. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, that's, that's been really great. There's often, uh, there's, uh, of course, a lot of different things that we can uh, talk about in regards to nutrition. So um, we'll hopefully uh, get you back on the show uh, soon and uh, we can have another chat. Awesome. Would love to. All right. Thanks very much, Sebastian. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Tokyo Living Podcast. If you enjoy the content, We'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you'd like to enjoy your podcast. We look forward to seeing you again on the next episode. Have a healthy and active week.